0: Would you speak clearly to us? Would you draw us out of ourselves? Would you fill us with your own holy love in such a way that it shapes and forms everything about us? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Pray that with me. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. I'm so grateful that Jarrett Davis is here leading worship for us this morning with the band, giving Josh an opportunity just to be a worship participant with his family as we celebrate Anna Kate's baptism later on. Her baptism, Anna Kate's, and this is true for all of us, when we are baptized, we are given a new name a new identity. It's almost like we're giving a clean and fresh birth certificate. It says everything about who we are in Christ. And we are baptized in the first place because of the love of God that has compelled us to respond and because Jesus was baptized. It makes me think about my ordination. When I was ordained, I was given an ordination certificate, and it's nothing like being baptized, but it is a sign that we are set apart. And when the preacher who preached that service of ordination spoke, he said to all of us there, this ordination is symbolic of your being set apart, much like your baptism, our being set apart, representative of the authority of Christ that's put on each one of us in our baptism, to love. And that authority is not something we wield, he said. It's something we wear. It's in us. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Jesus was baptized and there was a certain authority about who he was. And so this morning we continue in this series Lenten series called Jesus in the Wilderness, based on a scene in the life of Jesus that's all about his calling. And just as Jesus's calling was contested in the wilderness, ours will be too. And the reason Jesus was able to come through the wilderness victorious is because who he was, his identity was shored up. And that's on display for all in earshot when he was baptized, this scene that preceded Jesus in the wilderness. Luke chapter three, verses 21 and 22 speak about Jesus's baptism. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him, on the room, in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. Let's listen for it. You are my son and daughter, a word of identity, whom I love, a word of affection, in whom I am very well pleased, a word of affirmation. Jesus's identity, his belovedness and purpose. Since that was affirmed in his baptism, it shaped and formed his experience in the wilderness and really the rest of his ministry. And what we're talking about is Jesus knowing who he was as God's son, much loved, evoking pleasure in and from his father. And so this morning, we consider Jesus's launching point into the wilderness where Jesus came from, what he just experienced, and we're gonna frame out our own reality with three questions. What is your identity as a child of God? What is your belovedness as a child of God? And what is your purpose as a child of God? Identity, belovedness, and purpose. First question, what is your identity as a child of God? Mine too. Right out of the gate, the first word that Anna Kate read this morning, the very first word in Luke chapter four was Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit into this wilderness. In the Greek, his name is said Iesus. In the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Transliterated into English, it's Joshua, which means the Lord saves That's who Jesus is. His calling, his name is rooted in his identity. And we said last week before Jesus even preached a sermon, before he ever performed a miracle or healed anybody, his identity was set. My son, God's son. And what's the very first thing the enemy is going to contest as we get into the rest of Luke chapter four? If you really are God's son, we've got to be clear about who we are in Christ, sons and daughters of God. That's the very first battle. And the test that's in front of Jesus is to give in to temptation. The devil is pestering him, needling him. If you really are inviting Jesus to be self-centered, self-absorbed, to rewrite his own Calling and Jesus wasn't buying it, wasn't having any of it because he knew who he was. His identity was set. He went into the wilderness with what Dan Wilt called a spiritual business card, a new birth certificate, if you will, in Christ. This business card, written by God, given at his baptism. And in that moment that Jesus' baptism card or business card was written, he was complete had everything he needed. God's delight truly was in the image bearer of all image bearers, just because. And Jesus was keenly aware that he had the Father's affection, that he has the Father's affection. That's all he needs on his business card, same for us. Son, daughter of God Almighty. You are not what you do. You are not what you have. You are not what other people think about you. And let me just say, I need to be in the front of that line preaching to myself because often I'm pestered and needled with thoughts. If you really are. Even this morning. All of those things are extra if that. Our identity is shored up. Son, daughter, your love cup can only be filled by God. Everything else will let you down, it'll fail you. Your name is Christian. Your identity is beloved. Jesus was rooted and established in love and that prepared him to go into the wild and to face the enemy, the testing, the temptation. And that leads to the second question. What is your belovedness as a child of God? What does it mean that we are loved by God? We're told Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days where he was led there by God, where he was tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing. We fast after dinner on Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, and some of us are hangry. And Jesus went 40 days. He was full of something other than food. And you know his mom was like, you better eat something before you go out there, son. You gotta be ready. Later on in the gospels, Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus is full of God's holy love, full of the Holy Spirit, something that is so much richer, deeper, better than food. He's not even going to court the fickle opinions of the crowd. Who cares what people think or say? It's all about his identity in Christ from the one who's given him everything he needs. And to be filled with God's Holy Spirit is to be full of God's holy love. There's a student named Josh Ballard at Asbury University. He'd been associated with that school for five or six years. He was a freshman this year, but his parents directed a campus ministry, and so he'd worshiped with that community and served with that community and experienced God's grace in that community, yet he still struggled with his identity and really wrestled with who God is and who God was calling him to be. He said, I never really believed in God as I was growing up, even in this environment that I grew up in. Two Christian parents serving. My mom's was the most important influence in my life, the way she lived a selfless life of love and service. And in January of 2021, Josh's senior year of high school, his mom was diagnosed with primary brain cancer. And she put up the fight. And Josh was on the journey as well. She died November of last year, 2022. And Josh was there when she passed from this earthly physical realm to the next. And while he's holding her hand there in that hospital room, she breathes her last. And he said he felt a hand on his back saying to him, i am with you he knew the lord's nearness and he was overcome with emotion when his mom was diagnosed he started praying this prayer lord help me be a better son and he was in the chapel service in the middle of February that kicked off this outpouring that happened at Asbury University where the preacher preached on the love of God. How can we give God's love if we haven't yet received it? And the next day of that revival, that speaker spoke into him saying, if I'm not faithful in this moment, I'll be disobedient. God's given me a word for you and he wants you to know that you're a good son Here he'd been praying, Lord, help me to be a better son on my own effort and my own strength. The Lord spoke into him, you're a good son. And that changed everything for him. And his life has been different since then as there have been other ways of experience and affirmation to confirm who he is in Christ. Living out of his identity now, as God's much loved Son, living out of that fullness by God's grace as we are led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We can face anything when we are full of God's Spirit and sure of who we are in Christ. That's what it means to be loved by God, sons and daughters of God. And it leads us to the third question we want to answer. What's our purpose then as a child of God? Our identity as God's much-loved son or daughter means that we have but one purpose in this world, and that is to be like Jesus. Not to do anything, but to be like Jesus In John chapter four, starting with verse 15. If anyone claims to be in Christ, then we must walk as Christ did. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world... We are like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. How is it that Jesus loved so deeply? so passionately in such a way that he could triumph over principalities and powers, seen and unseen, physical and mental. It's because he knew, not just knew, knew the love of God. That shaped and formed and framed out everything he did from his experience in the wilderness and the rest of his life and ministry, even the gospel truth of his death and resurrection, our being loved by God is very similar. It grounds us in Christ and enables us to face anything in this world, helps us to be who we're called to be out in the world. The love of God in us is like that gravitational pull out there in the universe. It's being loved, if you will, that makes a small planet dense and things are drawn to it. As they get caught up in its orbit, there are large, colorful, gaseous planets. They have very gra- little gravitational pull because they're so full of gas. <laughs> colorful and beautiful, but empty and devoid of anything that's of true matter. The small, dense planet, it wins. Because the love of God, and as we live and move and have our being in love, there is a perfection in our love for others. The way we tolerate others, the way we live and move and have our being. And that is a lifting up of Jesus who said, I will draw all people to myself. We just have to be caught up in him. He will do the work the gravitational pull of people and things and circumstances under his reign and rule caught up in orbit around his life. That's our purpose, and it takes the pressure off simply to receive the love of God, to be love as we've received it. And in our being, it's like yeast that permeates into all the world and affects everything around us, our identity, Our belovedness, our purpose is to be like Christ. It's to be like and full of love. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He left the Jordan, this place of baptism, full of God's love, and we have got to get this right here and here, knowing who we are in him, living out of the fullness of God's love. Jesus was even able to endure the wilderness and go toe to -to toe with the enemy, the devil, because of that fullness that came from being much loved by God, which means gospel, death and resurrection. And the best part of the gospel is the rest of the gospel. As we receive his presence, Christ went from here to here, living his life in us. We receive his love and we live it, we embody it, we become it out into the world. Core, here's the deal. We will experience hardship and testing, but with Christ, in Christ, this testing doesn't have to happen to us. We can happen to it. Temptation doesn't have to happen to us. We can happen to it. The invitation that is in front of us as followers of Jesus Christ is to be a people who scatters into the world and happens to it rather than the world happening to us. Unfazed by everything that comes our way, our eyes are fixed and focused on Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross and scored its shame. He did that for us. He wants to pour his life, his love into us so that we might live and move and have our being out of that fullness. That's the truth. That's how we make it in this world. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, help us to be a people who happen to the things around us because of the love that is within us and where we are confused or uncertain about that, give us clarity. But Lord Jesus, first and foremost, help us to know, to experience, to receive your love. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name.